And they said, we declare war on excuses. I don't know about you, but I've had excuses. We've all had excuses. Some excuses we don't even know that we even had. Because we, we decided we was going to say something, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you've realized that that's an excuse. The first sermon, be stronger than your excuse. This life is full of opportunities that are missed because of our excuses. Be stronger than your excuse. I kind of want you to just make sure that you know exactly what took place in 2022. Because this is important. One thing after the other after the other. Be stronger than your excuse. Stuck in a spot. God spoke to me and he said, that's a lame excuse. The lame was stuck in a spot. He said, that's a lame excuse. You don't have to stay in the same spot when routine, religion, and low expectations and excuses have you stuck. I'm trying to get you somewhere from what happened, and some of you maybe not, wasn't even in here. Go back and, and listen to the sermons. They're powerful. I'm telling you, get on YouTube and listen to what's being said. You know, when I walked in the day that Pastor Brandon and Crystal were hanging these banners, these banners that say we declare war, I said, do you understand what you just got yourself into? When you declare war, I don't have this military jacket on for no reason. Thank you very much. He told me, he said, I need you to put that on. And I need you to be an example of we really declare war. Some of you have uh, uh, literally have allowed things to war against you because you have not declared war against it. Some of you, some of you just sit in it and allow it over and over and over again. Oh, I'm just sick. That's just who I am. By his stripes, you're already healed. Oh, I don't care about that anymore. It's just, it's just the way I am. This is how I was born. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. He knew Brandon before he was in his mother's womb. That was not mine. I dedicated him to God. My girls are not mine. I dedicated them to the Lord. Is some circumstances not good at times? That's not mine to handle. That's mine to pray for. Amen? Excuse me, God. I love that, Pastor Jen. I was back in the back in the children's ministry when she spoke on excuse me. If you haven't heard that, you need, she's dynamite. She'll blow something up. I got to be careful saying that, don't I? But it says we often want to be excused from consequences of sin instead of sin itself. Excuse me, God. You're in my way. That was the, that was the sermon that Pastor Jen spoke. And then Pastor Brandon said, all you have is all you need. What is keeping you from God God's calling to be what God wants you to be. You might not have everything, but you have something. 
We often give excuses about what we don't have that prevents us from taking responsibility. We have excuses because we don't want to take the responsibility to do the things that God wants us to do. We, we, we have these excuses because we don't want to be the mom that God wants us to be. We don't want to be the dad that God wants us to be. We don't want to be the friend that God... <laughs> you have it in you. Some of you have every excuse in the book. And God spoke to me and he said, I hung up the phone with my son. And he said, Mom, man, it's on my heart for you to come up. I said, well, i got to ponder that. He said, well, don't ponder too long. That's our conversation. I stepped down the hallway, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, every excuse in the book. It's a golden age of blame. Blame it on someone else. Nothing is my fault. Every excuse for every occasion. It's a cop-out for not taking responsibility. It's every excuse in the book. From Genesis to Revelations is, is excuses. Eve had an excuse. Well, then Adam had an excuse. Gideon had an excuse. David had an excuse. From Genesis... To revelations, there's excuses. Peter had an excuse. Come on. These are the examples that we need to take in the word of God for the excuses. From Genesis to revelations, but I'm going to stop right in the middle of that book, and I'm going to go to Jeremiah. And I want you to go to Jeremiah. I don't care if you have your phone. I don't care if you have your Bible. Funny, Brandon. It, God's funny how he speaks. And I bet there's been four different people just pull on my ear about something today. And it's everything that's sitting here. See, if you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, you'll hear God. Some of you are just wandering around. I don't know. I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I don't even know my purpose. I don't, have, I don't know my, I don't know what I'm going to do. Is that an excuse? Well, I don't know if I'm going to stay here or if I'm going to leave. I don't know if I'm going to stay in Terre Haute or I'm going to move. Is that an excuse? So you don't know where you are and what you're doing. Come on, somebody. And Brandon, you said... I want to introduce my mom. She's the one that birthed me. Jeremiah 1. Starting with verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Behold, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I almost just stopped right there. Just a second. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's hard to wrap around your mind. That God knew me before I was in my mother's womb. That's what it says. Before I knew you, I, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then Jeremiah said, Ah, oh, 
Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak. Excuse. For I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth. For all to, for all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For wherever I send you, you shall go. Do not be afraid of them. For wherever I send you, you shall go. Uh, do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. When's the last time God touched your mouth? Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to, to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Do you have eyes? When's the last time you saw? When's the last time God touched your mouth? Uh, Jeremiah, what do you see? I said, I see an almond branch. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over you, my word to perform it. You have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform. He is watching over his word to perform it. But is his word in your mouth? <laughs> the word of the Lord came to me a second time, saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then the Lord said to me, out of the north, disaster shall be let loose upon the inhabitants of the land. Go to verse 17. But you, dress yourself for work. I'm dressed for work today. Dress yourself for work. Some of you don't even want to do work. Some of you uh, just want to be, I got to go to work. I really don't want to go to work. Well, then you must not be dressed. Dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them from everything I command you. Do not be dismayed by them. Least I dismay you before them. I behold and I behold. I, I make you this day a fortified. I'm going to shout right here. I make you a, this day a fortified city. An iron pillar. A bronze walls against the whole land. Against the kings of Judah. Its officials. Its priests. And the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail. They shall not prevail against you, for I am with you, declares the Lord. We are skillful to make excuses, aren't we? I don't know how. I don't understand. Even as Christians, we find all sorts of excuses not to obey God's voice. It's the preacher's job. It's not my gift. It's already served. I don't need to serve there. It's already filled. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm too old. I'm too young. Every excuse in the book. He who excuses himself accuses himself. He who 
excuses himself accuses himself. Well, excuse me, uh, I really don't think that, I mean, I have the gift for that. Oh, excuse me a minute. I, I don't think, I'm, I'm a little too old for that. Thank you, Miss Jackie, that on that Sunday, I'm not pointing that you're old, you're seasoned, you're blessed. I'm thankful for you. Put your hand together. I'm telling you right now. I love that woman right there. She threw her cane down onto the floor on that first Sunday, and she started walking, and she started dancing. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy. She said, God said he's not finished with me yet. That means she took the excuse out, she threw the cane out, and started dancing. She didn't accuse. The accuser will come to you when you give an excuse. Uh, she hasn't picked her cane up yet. I've not seen her walk through that door and have that cane in her hand. Every time she starts sitting down, she gets back up. And I told her today, Pastor Brandon came in, and we have new tags. If you haven't seen them, we have new tags that says here to serve. They're awesome. I love, I love the the hospitality and Brandon walked away and he had them tags and I turned around to her and I said you're supposed to have one of these you need to put that around your neck mixed Jackie it's time for you to do the things that God wants you to do because when you release the, the excuse then God positioned you to do the things that you need to do when you let go of the cane <laughs> Jeremiah had every excuse when God called him to be a prophet. His excuse were often our excuses for not heeding God's voice when he calls. Every excuse Jeremiah had, God had a promise. Every excuse that you have, God's got a promise. Oh, I'm sick. By his stripes, you're going to be healed. Oh, I have depression. God said he'll heal all the ones that are depressed. He said he would anoint us to mend the broken hearts. Every excuse, there's a promise. First excuse. The task is demanding. <laughs> Jeremiah was called to be a prophet to the nations. Not a priest like his father and grandfather. A prophet was chosen an authorized spokesman of God who declared God's word to the people. Exposing the people's sin and calling them back to the original place in God's covenant. I don't know about you, but how would you like to be called to expose people's sin? Oh, the task is too demanding. We have every excuse in the book. Man, I don't know if I would want to, you know, stand there when all these things are happening with people in their sin. He had to go walk in front of rebellion, idolatry, and here he was. And I, and I got to say this. He was about 20 years. I, I looked it up and I looked at what the scholars were saying. He was about 20 years old. I thought about the college students. 
He said, I was t- I'm too young. This is too demanding. Isn't it funny how we think certain things are so demanding? I, and when I walked up here, if I would have said this is too demanding, we wouldn't probably be standing here. And not because of me. I'm saying if we as leadership said this was too demanding, we wouldn't be standing here and you wouldn't be sitting here. Is it demanding? Absolutely it's demanding. Is it worth it? Absolutely it's worth it. To see the souls, to see you grow, to see you advance, to see you healed, to see you mature, And when there's a promise, even though there's an excuse, God always has a promise. The call, the cost was demanding. This call and this cost is demanding. Well, they're the leaders of this church. They can just carry that. I'm going somewhere. No, we are the body of Christ. We move and breathe and have our being together. Some of you, because I I stand at the door, when people walk in, I see you on the outside looking in. Just saying. I see some of you that are kind of nervous about jumping in and coming into the full thing of what God wants. You might not say anything, but your excuse shows. You might not have to say that you have an excuse, but your excuse shows. I know pastors that are working full-time in jobs and heading up a church. That's demanding. You know why probably that's all happening, too? It's because people haven't been faithful to their tithe. I'm I'm going. We don't want a demanding. God wants to lift up the church, build the church. So here's Jeremiah at 20 years old. Oh, my Lord. And he's thinking, this is so demanding. Are you kidding me? My grandfather, my my father, and my grandfather were priests. Watch. Priest did everything in order. They did the laws. They did the sacrifices. They did all these things in order. Everything that they did when they got up, they did a sacrifice. They knew exactly what time they were going to do these things. They were the priest. He wasn't called to be that. He was called to be a prophet to the nations. So he didn't know when he was going to move and when he wasn't going to move. So here he is at 20 years old. Not only that, He's 20 years old, and they're asking, God's asking him to go speak to the rebellion. How many times we walk by people that are so rebellious, and we don't say a word? And you know somebody's in idolatry, and you don't say a word. You you keep your mouth shut. That means God didn't touch your mouth yet. And the word said that 
Jeremiah, God touched his mouth and the word was in his mouth that he couldn't contain it. He had to speak. You know what happens? We walk in fear. Oh my goodness, well, what would they say? What would they say if I came up and said something to them? Even in love. What would they say? There's that excuse. Oh, that's too demanding. That task would be too demanding for me. Excuse. I don't think I have what it takes for that position. I'm not smart enough to speak to the nations, let alone speak to one person about Christ. When's the last time that you led somebody to Jesus Christ? I don't think I have what it takes. This task is too demanding. This will take up all my time. I don't have the ability to perform that. Isn't it funny? Because we, we sit in our our hurts from the past over and over and over and over. Thank you, Pop, that you didn't stay in your past when your stepfather told you that you weren't going to be no good and had a gun to you and made you sleep in the bushes, Pop. Y'all don't know all that. He didn't stay there. He allowed God to be the father. He said, I don't know. I don't know how to get to the father. This is my husband coming to me. I don't know how to get to the father. All the, all the father that I knew beat me. I don't know how to get there. And I started talking to him about the heavenly father and how good he is and his loving kindness. And eventually I started seeing him go before the Lord. And allow, and allow his healing to take place. He who excuses himself, I already said that, accuses himself. Each, each excuse Jeremiah had, God had a promise. Listen to the promise from the task of demanding God may assign you on a demanding task, but his call keeps you going when you don't have the equipment that you think you have. We have a, we have a promise for God's purpose. I chose you before you were in your mother's womb, and I set you apart before you were born. God knew Jeremiah, chose Jeremiah, appointed Jeremiah, he knew him by name. He handpicked him and commissioned him to serve. Put your name in there. God knew Brandon, chose Brandon, appointed Brandon. He knows you by name. He picked you and commissioned you to serve. God knew Amy. He chose Amy. He commissioned Amy. He chose you. He handpicked you to serve. Second excuse. My talent isn't adequate. Jeremiah 6, 1, 6. Then I said, oh, Lord God, behold, I do not 
know how to speak from only your youth. Jeremiah felt like he wasn't uh, good enough as a public speaker, speaker by the way his excuse was. Nobody's going to listen to me. Oh, Lord God, I'm only a youth. I don't care how old you are. I'm so excited about the, the, the youth, the remnant youth, and what God's getting ready to do and what he's doing in there is powerful. God is raising up our children. We need to, we need to invest in it. We need to invest in it. And I'm not talking just financially. That's good. That would be awesome. But I'm talking about you putting your arm around that person and loving on them and telling them that they can do it. You are handpicked. You are somebody. Youth come in and they're dragging. There's so much pressure. Is it demanding, Liliana? Is the task demanding? But are you going to have an excuse? I'm not picking on you. I might be. I love you that much that I would tell you the truth. To him, speaking seemed impossible. Maybe he thought someone older should take this task. I don't have what it takes. And it said, I'm only a youth. Only? That got to me. And you know what? Some of these youth, you literally say, I'm only a youth. I'm only a kid. Hey, if you want to invest in the children's ministry, we have third cards up there on that table. I am telling you, I'm investing in them. And you know what's interesting about that is when they come out now, they run and put their arms around my legs because I'm getting down on my knee with them. I'm playing with them. I'm talking to them about the word of God because I'm investing in that. I don't want to feel inadequate. When I was a little girl, I used to sing with my mom on the radio stations. And I remember my mom always saying, get used to that mic. I'm like eight years old not understanding what she meant. She goes, no, you, you, you need to get used to that because you'll be carrying one of them around and you will be speaking. What? I'm eight years old. What do you mean by that? She saw something I couldn't see in myself. Maybe you can see something in the youth that, you, that they don't see in themselves. I see something, Nicole, that you don't see in yourself. But I invest in you. You are not inadequate. You have special gifts in your heart. And you know what? I'm speaking to all of you, but I can literally come and speak. Courtney, I can look right at you. You already know me. I invest in you. I invest. I could say that almost each and every one, I don't have your number yet, but no, I text and I invest in you guys. 
I love you. I put scriptures to you. I mean it. I'm checking on you. If I have to come to your door, Canaan, I will. Kurt, you live right down the street. But I see something in you that you don't see. Well, that's a good, we could play that game. I see something in you that you don't see. Well, if I see it, I want to invest in it. I don't care if you're a leader. Have you ever had somebody come up and you're, you feel strong in the Lord and all of a sudden it could be a young kid. Zion's pretty good at this. Nana, God wants you to just sit down for a minute. And all of a sudden, he saw something that I didn't see. God just wants you to rest. <laughs> you know, you just, because it's submission to submission. I want to listen. I don't care if it's a young kid. I don't care if it's an older person. I don't care if it's somebody out on that street. God will use a donkey. He'll use anything he needs. But are you inadequate? Do you feel that? Do you feel that you can't accomplish this? Do you feel that? I don't really. I used to have them, you know, them gifts. And I used to be able to talk in front of people. But, I mean, I just been through a lot of things. So, I, I mean, I just, I don't want to do that no more. All of a sudden, you start dying right where you sit. And as I was talking to the prayer team this morning, when you separate yourself in the body of Christ, if I took my arm and have my arm cut off, and it was sitting over there, it's going to die. There's no nourishment. There's no, if you separate yourself in the body, eventually you're going to die. You got to be in the body together. Like I said to somebody yesterday, you need to be here. I don't want to come. No, you need to be here. You're better. We're better together. You need to be in the body. You know that woman showed up today. I'm gonna just put your hands like that. Come on. No, a little louder than that because you know what? It took a long, it took a hard day for that woman to get here. But you know what? God's doing something because that person pressed in. Some of you just got up and said, well, I guess I'll be going to church today. But there were some that go, oh my gosh, I got to get my boots on. I got to get there because something's getting ready to happen. And your excitement, some of your excitement has left you. Because you feel inadequate. I don't think I have what it takes. So I'll just stay in the pew and sit there. And when they're done, I'll just leave. No, get up. Get dressed. <laughs> Every excuse Jeremiah had, God had a promise. God dismissed Jeremiah's excuse. Listen. God dismissed Jeremiah's excuse of his own youth. Telling him that he can speak to the nations. And assuring him that he will protect him. Watch this. Can you imagine? He said, well, I'm just only a youth. God dismissed his excuse. Oh. He said, oh, no, you're not. You're a prophet to the nations. And I'm going to protect you. See, what happens is, is you're not hearing God. You don't have your ears open to hear God to say that I'm dismissing your excuse. Uh. So you go on and you got your ears closed because you're still in the excuse. 
every excuse in the book. He wants you to open up your ears so he can dismiss your excuse. Our talent may appear inadequate, but God always equips those who calls. He always equips those he calls. You might think your talent is inadequate, but he will equip you. When I was a little girl, and I've become old now. No, I don't care. I'm good. Amanda, I'm good. I'm better than good. But when I was a little girl, I would always find myself at the altar about eight, when I was eight years old, around eight years old, crying out over and over at the altar. Eight years old, Daniel. Crying out over and over and over for our city. For what? I'm eight years old. And I remember times that I would be in the presence of the Lord. And when I came to, from being in his presence, some people don't want to talk about this. That's okay. I was in my bed, in my pajamas. And I said, Mom, what happened? How did I get from the altar to in my room, in my pajamas? She said, the presence of God fell on you and we had to carry you uh, and we had to carry you out I don't remember anything of that it happened to me over and over I had a call of intercession on me I had a call of prayer I can't run from that I can't hide from that and I'm not praying patty cake patty cake baker's man but that's a calling in my life. Did I know that at that age? No. Did I fall away from God at 16? Yes. Was I rescued at 26 in my front yard? Yes. Everything flooded back to me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. I learned all that. Back in one of them rooms. That's the word of God. You can't deny it. And some of you have got the spirit of God in you. Some of you have got the word of God in you. And you have scooted it aside. Because you feel inadequate of it. Jeremiah 1.9. Then the Lord put out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. The touch that he gave him was not to purify him like Isaiah. God touched his mouth and purified his lips. Jeremiah's touch was to empower and inspire him to do the things that were in front of him of rebellion and idolatry. You might need your lips touched from pure, to be purified. You're the only one that knows you've got gravel in your mouth. Some people probably already see it. Isn't it funny that you can, you can facade on Facebook, I'm good, and I got a, I don't even know how they do the pictures with people looking better and stuff. Well, can't you just be? Crying out loud. 
No, we have to facade something, but underneath, we're cussing like a sailor in the backyard and doing things that we shouldn't do that's in our mouths. But Jeremiah, God touched Jeremiah's lips, his mouth, to equip him, to empower him, to do the thing. He couldn't have done it on himself. That's why he was so feeling inadequate and feeling like this demand is so heavy because he felt like he couldn't do any. The only person that could help him was God. If you're trying to do it in your own strength, you need to go, you need to repent. Because if we're not doing it in God, then what are we doing? God uses the most... the. God uses not the most gifted or talented person, but the one he touches with his hand. You don't have to be so gifted. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to. He uses the ones that he touches. It doesn't matter if you're short, you're tall, you're thin, you're big. It doesn't matter if you're young, you're old. He uses the ones he touches. Well, I don't feel like I'm worthy of that. He uses the ones he touches. God uses the most unlikely person to shake the church, community, and the nations. That would be me. He uses the most unlikely person to shake the church, shake the community, and shake the nations. We're at a place in this church that he is shaking this church. He is shook. You are the church. Are you being shook? What God, is he waking you up in the middle of the night? I tell you right now, I woke up at five o'clock this morning hearing God, hearing pop praying in the spirit. I mean, I woke up at five o'clock this morning. I said, oh my goodness. He goes, give me your hand. And I bet for an hour at five o'clock this morning, we're praying. Is he awakening you? Or are you just still just sitting down, doing the common thing? I get up, I go to work, I eat dinner, I fix dinner, I go to bed, I get up. Break that common thing. Because he wants you to hear what he's got to say. Never, never underestimate the power of the touch, especially when God's doing the touching When's the last time you've been touched by God? I don't know about you, but can you imagine Jeremiah and God took his hand and touched his, it shakes me. He took his hand and touched his mouth and filled his mouth with the word. And the word became flesh and it dwelt among us, which is Jesus Christ. Jeremiah was preparing the way, saying, you, you can't go that way. You gotta, you're, you're rebellious. And no matter what was being said and what he was doing, God was making a way for him. Are you ready to shake the church, shake the community, shake the nations? See, we're in the place of shaking the church. And we've been stepping out every once in a while to shake the community. Wait till God has us shake the nations. When I opened up my Bible, 
God gave me that scripture when Brandon was little. And I put his name in there. And every once in a while, I'll put a date. Again, 2011. I'll write it in there. 2017, something happened. It shifted with Brandon and Jen. Put it in there. I support them. And it's not because he's my son and she's my daughter in love. But I lift them up and I support them because of what's getting ready to happen and what God's doing in this house. Third excuse. The time is not right. Every excuse is in the book. Jeremiah said, I'm only a youth. The time is not right for me to go. He felt inferior, inexperienced, and intimidated by the size of the task. Have you felt inferior, inexperienced, and intimidated by the size of the task? There's a task here in this house. Do you feel inferior, inexperienced? God's stretching you, little Jen. He was revealing his age of his immaturity when he said, I'm only a youth. It's not time yet. What? And isn't it funny how, well, I love my son. He does everything big. And I'm learning just to step into it. He'll call me and he'll say, there's a truck of food coming. I said, I got that. Click, 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 click. I start calling. I start texting volunteers. We got a truck coming tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Crystal. And all of a sudden, are you ready? Are you dressed? Are you going, well, wait a minute. Let me get my pants on. I don't know if I can make that. I'm not, saying, I'm not talking about just giving food away. I'm giving an example of your timing with God. All I knew was, yes, there's food. Yes, that's awesome. But let me tell you what. We hadn't seen some of them people for a long time. They were lining up, rolling down their windows saying, you, you know, you, when you prayed for me that couple of months ago, I, I don't have cancer. Hey, that guy right there, pointing at Brandon, he... He led me to the Lord. They're rolling down their windows. I'm so excited to see these people. They're crying, rolling down the windows. They said, we, we appreciate the food, but we couldn't wait to see you guys. That's shaking a community. But you've got to be ready in season and out of season. You've got to know your time and season through the word of God. Being available. Making yourself available is bringing a timing with God. Yeah, I might go. I don't know. It's a little cold. Shh. We had gloves on. We've had scarves on. We've been in the rain. We've been in the mud. This might look good, but we've been in the rain. We've been in the mud. For one person, for one soul, I'll get in the mud. I'll get in the rain. It's 
it's the right time doing the right thing with God and doing it with the right people. Oh, I don't. It's, the, it's very demanding. I, I, I'm inadequate. I, I don't know if it's the right time. Every excuse Jeremiah had got out of promise. God's call may come in an inappropriate time, but never, he never sends forth his servant alone. We have a promise of his presence. Watch this. Jeremiah 1, 7, and 8. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am youth. For to all to whom I send, there we go, it's in God's timing and not yours. So Jeremiah was like, man, I'm only a youth, and I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be able to go. And he tried to get in his own timing when God wanted him in his timing. For to, whom to, for, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. So it dismissed the excuse, and it caused him to say, if you have ears to hear, God said, you shall go. Oh, my God. I, this has got me so messed up. I was already messed up, but now I really feel like, okay, now, you, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, so now he's saying, you shall go. No, he wouldn't. There was no ifs, ands, or buts, Jen. He said, you're going. And the day that I was sitting at my chair at about midnight and I could not go to sleep, and I went in, and I sat down in the chair. I opened up my Bible, and it, I looked down at my Bible, and it talked about sending a son. I said, God, I don't know what you mean by that. I don't even know why. There ain't nothing else he wants me to read. I'm sending your son. What? What's that mean, God? I paced the floor. I didn't understand it, but I was listening. I wanted to know. Renita, I wanted to know. The next morning... Brandon calls me and he said, Mom, God, God woke me up at midnight and we need to come home. I got the answer of what I was trying to search for because I was listening. Can you imagine? They packed all their stuff and left. Kansas City, they left. I scooted stuff over. I moved things out of, in my other rooms. I put them in. Zion wasn't here yet. It was the two girls, them two. We was doing whatever we had to do with whatever we had. Are you doing whatever you have to do with whatever you have? You have all that you need. Just make things move so we can do so you can do what God wants you to do. When we are sent, somebody's going with us. We're not going alone. When you were sent, Brandon and Jen, the presence went, went, went with you. It says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Do not be afraid of them. Who is them? Who's ever in your way? Do not be afraid of them. He was saying about the nations that were rebellious and in idolatry. But what is he saying now? Do not be afraid of them, for I will deliver you, says the Lord. 
So every excuse had a promise. No, he dismissed that. God dismissed that excuse. But you have to have an ear to hear it. Fourth excuse. The teaching is dangerous. <laughs> I don't want to go. It's too dangerous. God didn't give Jeremiah a joyful message, but a tragic message of judgment. You know, we don't like to talk about judgment. There were big words, or the wrath of God. Well, Jesus came, and he gave the grace. Amen? He did. But there's judgment. And the only person that's going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ is you by yourself. You won't have no excuse to your mother or to your brother or to anybody. Well, they made me do it. Or they, they ain't going to nobody be standing there. You're going to be standing there all by your lonesome. He said the teaching is too dangerous. It was about repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. He had to go in front of very mean, rebellious kingdoms. 20 years old. This is too dangerous. People don't want to hear the truth. Now, this is in Jeremiah's day. Okay, let's go to 2022. People don't want to hear the truth. And you don't have to worry about the people and be afraid of the people in front of you. The reason the judgment was so intense is because the idolatry and the rebellious that they had against God's will. It was his teaching that cost him his life. Do you know it cost Jeremiah his life? Oh my Lord. Would we really die for the sake of the cause? Esther said, if I die, I die. And she was going before a king. She wasn't even supposed to be in the courts. But she said, if I die, I die. I got to go and put this petition before the, before the king. Do you understand the cost of what he did on the cross? You understand the cost that he's giving you? The cost is heavy. The price is heavy. And we've, we've so put it aside, and we've so put it aside well, I'm saved. I'll sit down. I really wouldn't have to talk to anybody. I'm good. I mean, I'm in the Word, and I'll just sit down. That's not what, that's not what is being said. That's not what God wants. Each, each excuse Jeremiah had, God had a promise. What God says through us might be dangerous, but God gives us the strength to endure. What God says to, you know what? You think that wasn't easy to say, oh my Lord, we got to declare war against excuses. Whew. That's dangerous because everybody's got excuses. Just saying we declare war is big enough, let alone saying it that we declare war against excuses. Radical problems of sin requires radical solutions. Radical problems of sin 
require radical solutions. So Jeremiah had to become so empowered by God by himself. He never married. He never was with anybody. He had to go stay. That's a, that's a big cost. We get so used to what we have. I can't imagine, you know, being without pop or my children or, you know what I mean? And God said, no, I'm gonna, you're going to pay a big price because I'm going to set that nation free. Jeremiah 18 and 19. And behold, I make you this day a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the land. They will fight against you, but they shall not... They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Nothing less than what God himself has ordered through the prophet. An iron fortified city. A fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze walls. They are solid and unshakable like our God. He wants us to be unshakable. He wants us to be a fortified city, an, an iron pil pillar, a bronze wall. God said, I will make you this day. He said he was going to make him. Listen. He said he was going to make him a fortified city. How do you comprehend that? I'm going to make you an iron wall. I'm going to make you bronze walls and an iron pillar. You will be unshakable. They will fight against you, but they will not prevail over you. God assured Jeremiah of the attack, but you will overcome the whole thing. They'll attack you, but you will overcome it. Some of you get attacked and you lay down. No, they'll attack you and you will overcome it. That's the word of God. See, it dismisses your excuse. Well, they're attacking me, so I, I'm not going to be able to do anything anymore. No, I'm done. No, they'll attack you, but you will overcome it, says the Lord. Fifth, the fifth last excuse. Do I have to go now? I don't want to go right now. Every excuse in the book. God was expecting immediate action from Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1.17. But you dress yourself for work. Arise and say to them everything I command you. But you. Now watch this. Do I have to go right now? I don't want to go. Excuse. The promise? But you, Jeremiah, can you imagine God saying, but you dress yourself for work. Are we dressed for work? Are we dressed for what God wants us to do? 
In Jeremiah's day, the men had to tie their loose robes together with a belt in order to run or to work. Jeremiah was in a struggle, and he had a fight on his hands. Can you imagine? He's got a robe. Here we are. You just put your britches on, put your tennis shoes on. No, they got a robe. They got to tie, tie the belt around, and they got to hold on to it and run. They had a dress for work. And we think we got to struggle. So the phrase dress for work means to dress yourself, gird up your loins, but it really means to get ready for action. Do I have to go now? No, he said, get ready for action. He said, you dress yourself. Get ready. Get up. Do I have to go now? God called Jeremiah to act. He was called to move out among the people. He was called to deliver a very strong message that would not be welcomed. That's not easy. To, to bring a strong message that's not going to be welcomed. You know, can you imagine? And you know, you're, you know that you're going to go to this person, these people, and you know they're not going to accept it. And you're standing there going, do I have to go now? I mean, I, do I really have to go talk to them? Like, are you kidding me? And he said, dress yourself, get ready. But they're not going to accept me. They weren't going to accept me as a youth, but they're not going to accept me because they, they don't even have an ear to hear me. He said, whether they hear you or not, you say what I tell you to say. God expects obedience. Every excuse Jeremiah had, God had a promise. God expects obedience immediately. If you don't, you're in danger. That's cut and dry. You have a promise of God's power. Do not be dismayed by them, lest I dismay you before them. Can you imagine? He's saying, do not be dismayed. Because if you do, then I'm going to make you look ridiculous in front of them. You ever felt that? Man, I feel like I'm about this tall. You walk up somewhere and and you want to talk to somebody, and all of a sudden you feel like you're about this tall because you didn't do what you were supposed to do, and then now you feel you look ridiculous in front of them. Now, this is the word. Obedience is the only response that God wants to hear. Do I have to go now? Arise, get up, get dressed. What did he do? He obeyed. He got up. He got dressed. And he said, if you don't do what I ask you to do, you're going to look like a fool in front of them. No. You will be dismayed in front of them. God wasn't playing around when he was talking to him because he knew all the people that needed Jesus. He, they, he knew all the people that, were, that needed deliverance in that nation. He used one person. Can he just use one of you? 
to shake a church, to shake a community, to shake a nation. He only used one person to do all of that. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. I moved all my stuff. I scooted things over. They're packing their stuff. They're trying to get here as soon as they can. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. No more excuses. Be the women and the men of God that God's called you to be. I'm going to ask you a question. What's your excuse? When God calls you to be part of the church, what's your excuse? Ouch. When God calls you to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow him, what's your excuse? What's your excuse if there needs to be something done in this church? What's your excuse? Ouch. I'm full in. And it's not about me being the mom of these pastors. I'm full in. I've always been that way. I'm all the way in or I'm all the way out. I am not straddling. No fence. Sometimes that's been dangerous for me because when you're out, you're really out. When you're in, you're really in. But when you're straddling, your excuses are going to cut you in half. I want you to put that on, Christy, for me, please. Making excuses can reduce our motivation and decline our spiritual growth. Making excuses can reduce our motivation and decline our spiritual growth. Worst of all, Making excuses can prevent us from reaching the kingdom of God. There's a call today. No, there's a call today. Jeremiah had a call. He had a clarity call. Will you hear it? Will you hear the call? Just stand with me. Be stronger than your excuses. Don't be stuck in a spot. Don't excuse me, cop. All you have is all you need. No more excuses. The task may be demanding, but his call keeps us going. You may feel inadequate, but God always equips the ones he calls. You might think the time is wrong, but... He calls us in his time and his promise. And he never leaves us nor forsakes us. It could be dangerous. Could. But God gives us the strength to endure radical problems of sin requires radical solutions. Do I have to go now? God said, get up and get dressed. He said, get ready for action. 
The Lord spoke to my heart when I was in the prayer room. And he told me that I need to call the young adults up here. I want you to come. Just come on. 18 to 35. And uh, I want you, Brandon and Jen, I want you to stand there also. I want you to just line up shoulder to shoulder. Come on, shoulder to shoulder, all the way across. This is our young adults. I mean, hello, hello. Hello, church. Hello, church. Hello, church. You want to see some warriors? I want you to stand down there with them. Can you just scoot that way and that way and let them stand there? Thank you very much. And this is what I saw. Ooh. Are you ready to get dressed? Are you dressed? Honest. Are you dressed for action? I think God is wanting to raise up this generation right here. <laughs> and when that come upon the heart when that come upon the hearts of these pastors and not nothing against y'all I, I hope that, that you can be praying and you can be standing for this right here that God's getting ready to raise up in an hour that we have not seen yet they've always been the ones that felt like they're falling through the cracks God said, you have not fell through the cracks. God said he's raising up this generation in an hour that we have not seen yet. 18 to 35. If you're in that age limit, I want you to come up and stand up here. 18 to 35. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. I want you to extend your hand toward them. Come on, church. You know how to pray? I just want to know. Are you dressed? I want you to grab the hand next to you. 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 There you go. I was waiting on you. He's waiting on you. You're not inadequate. You're strong. I want you to turn that up for me, please. And I'm going to pray. <laughs> 